This, this is, is Yawa Radio. A warm welcome to the Yawa Radio podcast. The Yawa Radio podcast is an opportunity again to listen to one of our inspirational, thought-provoking interviews that we have brought to the listeners of Yawa Radio. Yawa Radio is online 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We are your well-being and happiness radio station, bringing the feel-good feeling to every single day of the week. Check us out at yawaradio.co.uk. Now sit back and enjoy this podcast from the Yawa Radio team. This is Glass Half Full with me, Steve Twine, and where I'm joined by inspirational guests from around the world, sharing their stories, stories that may well resonate with you. Sit back and enjoy this week's Glass Half Full. So, of course, you're listening to Glass Our Full, a weekly episode right here on Yawa Radio. Um, and uh, I guess there's a clue in the title, right? Because many people's glass is half empty and we just want yours to be half full. And I'm joined by inspirational guests from around the world. And it's a pleasure right now to be joined on the line by, by Hayden Bloomfield. Hayden, how are you? I'm very good. Very good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for joining us and um, looking forward to you sharing with us your inspirational story you know to put it into context before we kick off we did it we did a program recently um about change and how life changes the ups and downs and challenges and things like that and i think your story probably fits quite well with that (laughs) (laughs) definitely yeah thanks steve definitely ups and downs but overall it's got to a point where it's very very feels fulfilled and is quite a happy life to live in in my own opinion but I do feel a bit of I guess a little bit of imposter syndrome in calling it an inspiring story but I suppose there is elements that are inspiring hopefully anyway oh there will be there's you know Aiden, there's there's always something there that people things resonate with people mm. okay um and you know you 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 might well you will you'll, you'll share something today and somebody will go do you know what yeah <laughs> I can overcome that. I can do that. I can move forward with my life, you know, and, and people often struggle with this word, don't they? You know, what, what actually is happiness anyway? Mm. Okay. Uh, and, and people often confuse that with pleasure. Okay. Like buying the new car or the new this and the new that, and the, mm. that, that, you know, that, that doesn't last for that long because they need to then buy something else to create that pleasure so anyway we'll explore all that as well like that so uh, so tell us about your journey then okay you know and um your ups and downs i've always been fortunate that my my just mental health as a as itself has just inherently been really good so i've never really struggled too much with anxieties or depressions at any form of challenge there but i think like as I've reflected on my time and especially so like the biggest challenges I've had is from growing my company. I have a grounds maintenance garden company and got to a point where I was employing staff, got to a point that was around about nine staff and just in, I don't know, lockdown 2.5, lockdown three, <laughs> I just lost all of them one by one. It would be whether they've got a problem with me, they want to quit or it's a health issue with themselves, whether it's a lifestyle change. I had people coming into the office on a Friday afternoon, completely hyped, excited about starting with a new regular, got all these ideas for the garden, how they can improve it. And then 
four days later, they come into the office at the end of the working day and they go, right, I'm done with God. Then you're never going to see me again. I'm like, wow. I'm quitting. And I was like, how can you change in that quickly? So, and I, all kinds of things. I had, uh, unfortunately, a staff member that was one of, I think, eight or nine people in the country that reacted to the vaccine. And oh. that was it. Their blood deteriorated. So, and they're more or less bed bound and they have a lot of obviously a lot of mental struggles with that but physically they've just got no energy they're completely fatigued and that's a really sad story unfortunately for them I had another person work for me that just had an underdeveloped muscle in their back so it just exacerbated over time of course being a gardener it was just constantly straining becoming too strenuous and when they got it checked out uh, I sent them for I think it was like to see an osteo or something and in the end they just said you can't do anything physical you're going to have to do something that's less strenuous so they quit and went to work with dogs so that's fun for them probably but yeah so it's just one by one constant barrier and I had all these aspirations I literally had a step-by-step plan of how I was going to build this company to be nationwide have tens of thousands of employees even to the point that I wanted all the systems within the business to be easily translatable to other languages so that I could expand abroad I had everything planned out of like how I was going to work with certain van companies. I wanted to have all electric vans. I had that, like the idea planned of how I would only work with certain companies. I wanted to get big enough to a point that I could start going to tool manufacturers and looking at how much plastic they're using and how we're going to challenge them (laughs) to reduce the plastic use because we're spending millions with them. But of course, you need a lot of staff. You need to be able to retain staff. And I just couldn't. So staff were just going. And yeah, I've reflected a lot on that, what the issues were. And obviously the biggest challenge there was just having this dream. So mentally, emotionally, just waving goodbye. I remember at the yard, I had, I called it the Bloomfield wall. And it was just (laughs) as the time went on with the company and there was all these pinnacle moments, I just would document it and take photos of it or other people would take photos. And so we had this wall of just that told the chronological story of like the first car I started out in and I just got this mower in the sow at Wix to then having my first van to then having the second van to having the first employee to then getting to a point where we're doing 15 grand planting jobs and seeing all these plants on sites laid out. So I remember like being in in the yard, just like taking this all down from the wall, waving goodbye to the dream. And well, whether I've waved goodbye permanently or it's just a case of for the next few years, I have a, an easy ride, but it's, it's completely changed my lifestyle now where I just kept, I've got 20 regulars that keep me busy for a part-time, like three mornings a week I work. That gives me enough income to just kind of stabilize my living. But then it means that all my passions are fulfilled because I'm my hobbies are skateboarding, podcasting. I'm an artist, so I paint portraits and such. So it just means all my time is spent doing those things. I'm reading, I'm doing yoga, I'm meditating. So while I've had to face this huge failure of letting go of this dream. That was my identity. That's what everyone in my network knew me as. I was Hayden, the guy that was building this business. Mm-hmm. And I became Hayden, the guy that failed building the business. But I guess I've got this new identity where I've found all the old passions I had when I was younger that were truly intrinsic to me. And so I guess the success is that while I'm not striving for this company that's going to change the world and make all this money, I'm now finding something that's really fulfilling for me and can not necessarily change the world but it can have an impact to others and their lives especially through the podcast and more people I can share that with Mm. and are if people find the enjoyment in that whether it's for individual customers or just through socials so it's a different completely different lifestyle but it's enabled me to find happiness and fulfillment in a different way hey had you done that from leaving school then the 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 gardening thing was that was that your dream from school no, not at all. Oh. I don't actually like gardening. So, 
<laughs> so I've always like my family's been green fingered. My grandparents were passionate gardeners on both sides. And my garden, when I was like a youngster, when I was really young, my dad left. So the garden, my mum was like working, trying to make sure that we had food and the house was as tight as it could be. So the garden just went to ruin. And I made it my like my own jungle, my own playground. <laughs> so I was digging holes. I was doing all kinds of things in the garden and just tearing it up. And it was my passion in school was always art and kind of skateboarding was the thing that I did outside of school. So like when I was when I was in year seven, when I started secondary school, I had an art teacher that kind of, I guess, honed in on or realized that I had some potential there. So it was like when it came to painting, she'd be like, right, OK, Hayden, all the new paints are in the cupboard over there. All the new brushes are in the cupboard over there. Help yourself to them. Like as long as whatever you need, we've got it. And then I went into year eight and nine. I had the worst teacher you could ever imagine. She actually, when I was year eight as a 12 year old, she stood and told me, she kept me in after the lesson was like, if I was your parent, I'd disown you. Oh. And I'm like, <laughs> I love art. So I'm I'm obviously not going to be that much of a trouble student. I'm very passionate about art. But yeah, so that ruined it a bit. And I went to college to do art, specialized in fine art. I then stayed on, went to uni. I ended up, my university lost uh, a quarter of my work and oh then blamed God. me for it and fouled me I was able to prove that I submitted stuff but yeah it was in the first semester I got called to my course leader's office and she was like right so you you only submitted half the work for the whole semester where's the other half and I was like what the hell's going on like I was able to prove as I said mm. but left it with her and then a few weeks later she said okay don't worry leave it with me I'll sort this you got nothing to worry about comes the end of the year we do our final submission and then we get our grade or whatever it is months later, partway through the summer holiday. I've fouled due to lack of submission. I haven't submitted all the work. And I thought, how has my course leader sorted this? It's not <laughs> sorted at all. So that went through a whole complaint process. I ended up then coming out of uni thinking, what on earth am I doing with my life? And conveniently, the same week I came out of uni, a tree surgeon that I'd done like a bit of odd work here and there that was a family friend I just when I was like 16 17 in summer holidays would get a bit of pocket money to go out and help him he rung me the same week I came out of uni and he was like Hayden I'm desperate I need someone tomorrow are you free and I was like oh well conveniently <laughs> my complete life has fallen apart and I'm very free so <laughs> jumped back on the tools with him was helping and I was just uh, a groundsman dragging branches putting them for a chipper and just where I had this time, he needed someone part-time. So three days a week, if that, I was just working as a groundsman. But did that, progressively learned more and more. And I just ended up where I had all this free time. I couldn't get a job. I tried getting a job in a cafe, tried finding other tree surgeons to work for. I applied for a job with a gardener, never heard anything. And it was in a conversation with a gardener that we saw on one of the jobs he was on, who's now actually one of my best friends. Was chatting to him and seeing if I could get a job. He didn't have anything going, but it was like I look after the garden next door. They need a load of weeding done. I can't be bothered to do it. Don't want to do it. If you want to quote it, job's yours. And that was it. I got that first job. I didn't know what I was doing. Just showed up. Was like, yeah, I'm here to quote your garden. Didn't really know how to price it. Kind of looked and was like, how long is this going to take me? I have no idea. And she accepted the quote. I got the job done. That led from one job to another job. I obviously did a good job and it meant the gardener that recommended me. He was like, oh, brilliant. All the jobs I don't want to do, I'll just pass to you. So he just started passing me. In the end, I worked out he was passing me about 10 grand a year of gardening work because it was jobs he didn't want to do. So oh. that's how it all built. So it all started. That's I, yeah, that's how I got into gardening. It's a fair bit of entrepreneurial spirit, though, though, and overcoming adversity in that little story. You know, there's a few things in there. 
Yeah, I think like when I reflect back, the I don't know if you'd call it what's the key to your success, but as in a skill that I realized I have is that if there's a question I have, if there's a problem I have, is I will be able to identify who the person is that can give me the solution mm. and I will go and find them. Or if it's not a person, it's as you said, like entrepreneurial spirit. I started I started making my own money when I was nine. Because okay. when my dad had left and my mum was working full time, it was just whenever it came to anything, any activity, holiday, something for school, the first question was, what's it cost? Okay, we can't afford it. So when I was in year six at school, so this is like primary school, <laughs> uh, my mum worked at Boots and she'd bring home all the promotional stuff. And one of the promotional items she brought home was these like stress rugby balls. Oh, yeah. So I, I had it was this huge box just full of hundreds of them so i just thought that would be fun for the kids at school <laughs> so i just like filled my rucksack up went into school and kids would just give me whatever change they had if it was 10p 20p and i would just sell them they'd then throw them around at break lose them i'd go around at the end of break pick them back up again put them back in my bag <laughs> and i just carried on selling them until i just ran out of them and then as I went into secondary school, it was chocolates and sweets and stuff. So I was just, I had an art folder in my backpack. The art folder would be full of like sweets. The backpack's full of chocolate. And uh, <laughs> that funded, so like as a as a 14 year old kid, I was buying a new skateboard every week because I was like very focused, very determined. I was like, I'm going to go pro. I didn't, but <laughs> I got, got pretty comfortable and good at skating and still do it now, obviously. But because I was I was selling all these sweets at school, it was then funding me, enabling enabling me to buy a new board every week, so I could always have new shoes, new boards. So the equipment was always like in in prime condition. And mm. then where I was able to buy new stuff, it meant that my old skateboards were still in good nick, so I could then sell them to <laughs> other kids that couldn't afford a brand new board. So I'd sell them to them for a tenner, and then be selling the love chocolate it. to fund all the new boards and stuff. Oh, love it, love it. And as you as you reflect back on on saying goodbye to the to the gardening business, then. Okay, uh, how do you reflect back on that? Because you know, there's a, there's a great phrase in these in life that everything happens for a reason. We don't always know what that reason is at the time, you know. But how do you reflect back on that moment? Um, it's I've for a while I kind of accepted it quite quickly. I wasn't for a long time. I wasn't happy, and it was very stressful. It was just problem after problem. It was kind of like I was just, I had fire extinguishers and the fires were getting bigger and I just couldn't <laughs> put them out. And for ages, I remember for months on end, I was just like, if I don't have this company, I don't know what I'm going to do. I just generally have no idea. And I sort of started to find other things that I could do with my life and my time. But now I, I still have a lot of insecure, not regret. I still have a lot of, oh, what if, what if, mm. what if I, like when I, hypothesize and just glamorize the situation of like, oh if only I'd managed to retain a team and I had a couple conversations with friends where I was going to buy out their businesses acquire them mm -hmm. because I had a friend that's a tree surgeon and then my mate as I mentioned that's a gardener we were, we were always having conversations how's business how's life blah 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 and the two people the tree surgeon and the gardener they both had the same thing of they love what they do as a as an operator they love being on the tools they're brilliant at it and they like leading a team but when it comes to the backgrounds the invoice and chasing clients do i need to be vat registered do i not mm. what what how is this going to be put in my accounts how do i keep hold of all these spreadsheets and everything when it came to the background side of things they couldn't stand it they didn't like it and that's the element that i loved and thrived on and 
wanted to focus on so i started having a conversation with them like how attached are you to having your name on the van how fussed are you about it being your company what if you Mm. were a director and part of another company and so both of them were quite open to it but it was like as we got into the nitty-gritty i started writing up the acquisition agreement and they both had the same thing of just like oh actually the unknown unknowns it was just a bit too much of a jump for one guy ended up getting a really good job um doing some rail work i think so he was like look i've just got so much work on i'm just going to crack on with this and then the gardener he's he's got kids and a fam he's got his family and like rent to pay so he was just like i know i can survive what i'm doing and mm. there's challenges but if we do this and you buy me out and i become a director of the company i don't know what's going to happen i don't know if it's going to work or not and that's just the barrier there which i'm is unfortunate so i do romanticize this idea of like, oh, what if i bought him out what if i bought him out mm. we'd acquired we'd then be the free directors of this company we'd have the person in the office doing brilliantly we'd have like 10 15 staff members out on the tools every day the company turnover would be like nearing six figures a month and all this kind of thing and i'd even oh, just I, I do romanticize it a lot but then i i have that conversation and then normally it's with my girlfriend and she's like yeah but that didn't happen you're romanticizing <laughs> a situation that didn't exist yeah. I just think, yeah, but what if, what if? And so I do have a lot of, I guess, insecurities and I wouldn't call it regret, but there is that whole, have I walked away from something that would have been incredible? Like with the aspiration I had, if I'd mm. achieved all those things, it would be, uh, well, the aspiration I had and what I wanted to achieve, it would have been changing. It would have been something that would have been recognized as a national company had I achieved what I wanted to achieve. Yeah. But that's that's the impossible or that's the challenge in itself. I I just... I was ludicrous with ideas and I even had this point of I wanted to buy land to have the yard to then have our own our own nurseries to grow plants I then wanted to do a project which was building tiny houses on the land and then do something called homeless to horticulturists so for people in the community that were homeless and were struggling to get back on their feet I wanted to be able to give them a space where they could sleep they'd have access to the showers and such but then with this space they were surrounded by nature which would obviously do a lot for your emotional mental well-being Mm. and then they'd start to learn tools the tricks of the trade and such become uh, self-sufficient maybe yeah become self-sufficient become gardeners and then as Mm. they picked up the tools and picked up all the skills and the knowledge of the plants for one, they've got their little tiny house, their address, so they can then go to the bank and get a bank account. But also, now they've got these skills, they can start going out and working for us as an employee of the company to then become a gardener or be someone at the yard just looking after the nursery, looking after everything around the grounds. So I had all kinds of like mad ideas that were going to happen in the future, but it's just... I look at other companies as well that have done that and like people that I try and get on my podcast are people that have built companies with hundreds of employees and they've started working on their own foundation and stepped away as being like CEO and they've got all kinds of incredible projects, all kinds of incredible ac- acquisitions. And I just, there is that huge part of me. that's just like, damn it. But you know what, you know, what you've just described there, what, 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 what a great vision, what, what a great plan. And is there, you know, if the passion's there for that, you can still create that. Yeah, I mean, I speak to a lot of people. I'm part of a business network. And so I'm there with like other business owners all uh, getting to know each other and such and work together. And I have that conversation and say that exact thing. And they're like, Hayden, you're in your 20s. Like, you can literally just do this in your 30s, in your 40s, in your 50s. Yes. And that's kind of, the, I guess, the attitude I've got is I want to build a company. I've got the requisite skills to build a company. The thing that I struggled was retaining staff. But when it came to everything around marketing, sales, finance, 
structuring the business, systemizing everything. I had worked out that I'd say I can confidently say I worked it out quite well. It's just my flaw was retaining staff. I was terrible at it. <laughs> so it's I think as well, it's something that will come with age and wisdom and just the more relationships you build with people, the more people you get to know, the more you start to learn and understand what motivates people, what challenges them and get to know a bit more about different characters so that, as I said, I can try it in the future with a different company, definitely have some co-founders and work on a business together. And yeah, you'll find there'll be, there'll, there'll, there'll be somebody there that's great with staff. It's interesting. A couple of, a couple of things there that uh, came to my mind as you were talking about the what if scenario. Mm. I remember years ago, um, I worked in a different industry and we'd done a massive negotiation. I was sales and marketing manager. I was out with the general manager. We're coming back down the motorway. Uh, and he's going, uh, what if we'd have done this? Um, what if we'd have done that? But mm. what if we'd have done that? And I just said to him, we're driving back to Telford at the time. We're on the M6, I think it was. I said, if you do not shut up, right, I'm going to drop you off at the next services and you can make your own way back to Telford because we've just walked out of this meeting with a great deal we were all happy with. And now you're trying to undo it with all these what if scenarios. Yeah. Just accept where we are. And then on the people front, we had a, a recent conversation with somebody that's um, a bit similar. They, they've, they've got in this position now where they're managing people uh, and they've never done it before. Okay. They're great at what they do. We've got a lot of skills, but managing people, pff, nightmare for them. Okay. Um, and what came out in the conversation, because from my perspective, I, that's what I did for years. I managed teams mm. of people. So it's like, let's have a conversation. Let's have a chat. Let's just share some stuff. But you've got, you know, that, that great vision and, and, and passion there. Yeah. And you've got all these years ahead that these things can happen, you know. But, you know, you touched on earlier when we, when we kicked off, though, you know, there you are right now. You've got, you're doing a little bit three days a week. You're doing your skateboarding and you're doing your podcasting. It sounds like at, at the minute, you, you, you know, you're quite, you're living quite a happy life, Aidan. Yeah, I do pinch myself and like I'm incredibly grateful and it's almost I feel like I'm living in cloud nine and I'm in heaven I'm a bit like I hope <laughs> this is going to perpetuate like I'm a bit nervous that this is just going to be this ride or this dream that I wake up from and come crashing back down to reality because if if you spoke to 16 year old me and said here's what your life looks like in 10 years time at 26 that that 16 year old would be like damn that's pretty cool like I'm still skating and starting to get hooked up by these companies in the skateboarding industry got like all kinds of exciting things happening there i've got this podcast where i talk to people in the skateboarding industry in the art industry in the business industry that all sounds exciting but yeah the fact that and like you said with the what ifs like that's something i always had in business so it'd be like or nothing would ever be good enough so mm. it would be like uh, i don't know we got a contract with i wanted when in my first year i started a business i was like i want my first five-figure contract i want to get a five-figure contract that's my goal and i got it and then it's like okay well now i want a contract that's over 20 grand and then or it'd be like we'd i'd hit a thousand pound revenue in a day and i'd be like yeah okay but now i want to do gross profit thousand pound in a day but then mm. you do that and you'd be like oh, we turned over 20 grand this month. Well, I want to turn over 25. Okay, now I want to turn over 30 grand a month. And it just, it was, you were never satisfied. And just when I started the business, I remember thinking, God, if I get to a point where I've got people out working, that's going to be incredible. But the more that I achieved in business, the more I was dissatisfied in a way. And with what I have now with skateboarding podcasting, I find that it's, you're not striving for these goals or these lines above you that are out of reach. It's just the doing is the thing that I love. Like mm. with with skating i'm always working on video parts and it's just 
my mates and me locally were just going out with a camera filming traveling the world booking holidays and trips off of our own backs just filming everything we do putting it all together in this video and then we'll do a premiere and like I look at businesses like I'm always striving for this goal and then in skating it was like we was always working towards this video premiere hmm. but I wanted the video premiere to just never arrive because I was having so much fun every day <laughs> there was terrible days where you scream and shout nothing works you're covered in blood you throw <laughs> your board there's other days when you're getting multiple clips a day everyone else is getting clips and everyone's hugging and it's amazing but then in business I found I never wanted to be in the day I always wanted to get to the goal and the goal could never mm. arrive quick enough so I love the fact that I'm doing something where it's just yes there's a goal same with podcasting I'm like yes there's a goal but every day of having conversations speaking to people there's the the like not so fun bit of like trying to reach out and get guests which you probably know yourself and it's just like rejection 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 but mm. when you finally sit down and have that conversation it's absolutely wonderful and it's so nice to know that the amount of relationships i've built friendships i've got of just purely off the back of the fact that i started this podcast and reached out to people and because of that there's now this existing relationship which i think is really cool yeah and don't you ever read the phrase from uh, wayne dyer um i think it was from wayne dyer uh striving but never arriving <laughs> yeah <laughs> and um, and and again just enjoy the moment and, and and some of the coaching work that i i do you know we it's a stephen Covey thing about um many people get to the point and their ladder they find the ladder is up against the wrong wall mm. so they've climbed all these rungs all the time when they've got to the top and go mm, what was that about and it sounds like you've got a nice balance it's got it sounds like you've got a nice life you know, and, and enjoy the moment, you know, because yeah. that, that moment is all that we've got, you, you know, and, and, you know, you never know who you might meet. You never know who opens doors for you. Um, exactly. And as, yeah. As long as you're open to it. Yeah. And like the things, the things that I did in business and I suppose when I was building my company, the point of it's, if you've ever heard of Michael E. Gerber's The E-Myth, he talks yes. about mapping out, yes, he talks about mapping out your business and, creating every single responsibility, creating this map of what your company looks like, your structures, and you've got to put the names in of who's doing everything. So I did that. And obviously my name started off in every single aspect <laughs> of the business and gradually I was removing my name. But the point where I wanted to get my name to, I never actually got there. But then with the life I have now, pretty much most of my time is dedicated to doing those exact things. But it's just instead of doing it in my company, I'm now doing it as an artist, as a podcaster. Mm. I'm now spending my time doing the things that I'd absolutely love. So in a, in a strange bizarre way i've managed to get to that place <laughs> yeah and you know as i said on the life's life's a bloody journey if you pardon the pun enjoy the journey mm. you know i've met i've met so many people that on the face of it look like they've got everything and they are so unhappy mm. you know they're freaking out they're wondering where the next pound's going to come from you know or they're you know they're focusing on that wonderful that wonderful thing they're focusing on lack rather than abundance and the more you focus on lack, guess what? The more you attract it into your life. You know, it's a, one, of, one of the one of the facts, one of the facts of life. Now you, you know, before we were kicking off today, you were talking about, yes, you mentioned it's raining down in your part of the world today. And there's an interesting thing, because you know, you just touched on something there you, earlier on where you said you were looking at a plot of land. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So now what, what what's the idea behind that plot of land? Is this going to be the first tiny house? <laughs> so my dream, my like in terms of my living situation, my dream would be to be able to live on a patch of land that's kind of 10 acres or so and create this, in essence, eco haven. So I love the idea of a completely off grid home, although this is brown belt, so you can't actually build a structure, mm. but this can be like phase one, have a practice, have a little cabin and farm the land. But 
the ultimate goal is to have, I guess, like this eco house or eco mansion. Just I dabbled between the idea of wanting to have a large house and have a tiny, tiny, tiny house. <laughs> having something completely off grid, solar walls, so, solar roof, green walls, very much in keep in thriving an ecosystem, but creating this eco ha haven where we have like a pet cow just for the fact it can roam and be free and be a pet and part of the family, have chickens and stuff, never to take from them, but just to have them as part of the mm -hmm. pet dogs, but just create this eco haven where we create this wonderful, ecologically diverse space full of various species of tree. There's someone I used to know or someone I know that's moved abroad, but they had a place in Kent that had over 200 species of tree which is just phenomenal. Wow. I think I'd love to create a space where it's just thriving with nature, thriving with plants, create something that for pollinators is just absolute paradise and have, I guess, yeah, this little patch of heaven in, in somewhere in England or cool. somewhere else. Sounds, you know, I've just got this vision in my head that um, I see you on uh, Channel 5 one day with Ben Fogle. <laughs> <laughs> I, just think, I just think heaven is like, or pure happiness is waking up in the morning and it's nice and fresh. You go outside and you've got like your first cup of coffee and you're just sitting there and all you can hear is just nature. It's just like the trees breezing, birds tweeting away and just a cow mooing. But it's just, and there's nothing. It's just pure bliss in that moment. Mm -hmm. And obviously like you can create that on holiday, but to be able to create that for your every day, like this is how you wake up would be phenomenal. Yeah, and and you know, I again just on that, I always like to. Uh, you know, we see you see people walking about, you know, with their heads buried in the phone, and they're going through the day. And I just say, just always remember to look up. <laughs> okay, just look up up there. Yeah. You know, there's a whole there's a whole new world. Hayden, thanks. Really, it's great sharing the you know your story and your vision and your enthusiasm. You know, so. For the listeners today listening to uh, to this episode of, of Glass South Full, you know, Aidan's touched on the fact that, hey, all the things that happened at school, university, losing the art stuff, they, the business, the changes, but you've overcome all those things, adversity, challenges, you're in a great place, you've still got a wonderful vision of where you want to be, and uh, you know what, you can still make that vision happen. One day, I will. Still there to do. Hayden, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for joining us on today's Glass Hour Full. Thank you, Steve. It's been amazing. Thank you. Good, good. Have a wonderful day. And you. This, this is Yawa Radio. A big thank you for taking the time out to listen to this podcast from the team at Yawa Radio. Remember to check us out live online 24 hours a day, seven days a week at yawaradio.com co.uk and if you'd like to join us as a guest on Yawa Radio or as a guest on the Yawa Radio podcast we would love to hear from you simply email studio at yawaradio.co.uk once again a big thank you for taking the time out to listen this is the Yawa Radio podcast copyright applies with inspirational guests from around the world, inspirational quotes, the inspirational book of the week, the meditation hour, the quiet zone, and feel-good music. Yawa Radio is about well-being, happiness, and finding the beauty within. Enjoy. Be beautiful. Be happy. Be inspired. This is Yawa Radio.